Cinema Sit Down, episode 218, a review of The Professor and the Madman, May 16th, 2019, hosted by Richard Lusk, Ryan Bull, and Tony Christ. The following podcast has been approved for all audiences by Flying Bull Productions. The best part of any film is the sit down afterwards. Richard Lusk and Ryan Bull bring you Cinema Sit Down. Welcome to Cinema Sit Down. My name's Ryan Bull. I'm one of three hosts. Joining me across the table first is Richard Lusk. How are you doing? Good. How are you? (laughs) Doing well. (laughs) Uh, on the other side of the table from me is, oh, we'll have to figure out if he's the madman or the professor. We've got Tony Christ. How are you? I prefer to be Gilligan. I'm doing good. <laughs> I think he's the madman. He's the madman? I believe I, I believe he's the madman, you're the professor, and I'm like the dog, because you'll hear some barking in the background at any point. <laughs> Fair enough. And uh, I guess on the last show we did our bots office... Uh, preview for the summer months and we said that we were going to come back with this small indie film starring Mel Gibson and Sean Penn, the professor and the madman. Whose idea was this? I love this movie. I mean, book, anyway. Okay. So, your... so I'll, I'll take the blame. Good. Boy, I think it was your suggestion. I'd never heard of this until you suggested it, but uh, I think we all voted for it anyway. Uh, yeah, I was I'm, hoping I you would forget that I suggested this film. I don't forget much. Come on, man. Are you, you're like slamming the movie before we've even gotten into the reviews? Eh, you don't know that for sure. Well, th- this movie tells the story of Professor James Murray, uh, who worked on the Oxford English Dictionary in the mid-19th century. And one of his helpers, uh, a guy who would mail in uh, word definitions, uh, actually resided at a lunatic asylum. That was Dr. William Minor played by Sean Penn in the movie. So, um, yeah, <laughs> it's the story of a dictionary. <laughs> exactly. It's a, it's a compelling story about how we found out the meanings of words. What could be more interesting as a summer movie release? <laughs> <laughs> I know it's kind of interesting because it, it's one of the, it, it is a thing about that where you you know, Mel Gibson's like, we have to come up with the, I want to come up with a list of words. And it's like, okay, but you have to give us where they come from. And his thing is like, oh, like I have to, I don't know where they come from. I just know these are words. Right. They go all the way back into time to see the first recorded instance of this, uh, of uh, the English word, whatever it is. Right. And prove it and like prove and like not just once you have to find it in a couple of different sources to verify that the meaning is the same. And did, it goes, did you or did it trace how words changed over time? I was unclear on that. I thought there's a, there's a, some of those and there's, you know, we'll get into it too, but there's certain parts where they argue about words like, does this mean this word or does it mean that word or are they the same? Well, I think it was yeah. when did it mean that word or when, when did the change come to the definition? I think that's, I mean, what they're doing, I think, as far as what I remember from the book anyway, was they tracked back to the first original instance of that word in its usage. So if it had multiple usages or multiple definitions, they wanted to find the first time it was used in that way. 
Right. Imagine having to think about that too, where you have to figure out, okay, when it was it first used. So it's like, I found this book. Okay. Is this book the first time it's used? Is it republished? You know, so you have to go, you have to find somebody who has a book, all the books in the world just to confirm them. Right. Or access in his mind originally to the word. I think they, the, a lot of it in, in terms of the English language hinged around Milton and uh, Paradise Lost. I think that they made a point of, of that in the in the book. Kind of like Milton... Yeah, they, they did that in the movie, too. Uh, the, yeah, I'm sorry. I, I meant in the movie. I didn't remember it as much in the book, and it's kind of hard for me to, to remember everything that happened in the book as it pertains to the movie, because I do think they took a lot of literary license with some oh, things which, yeah. which we can get into. <laughs> yeah, I, I've done my research. <laughs> but um, so You are the professor, then. There's sort of an equivalency with English and John Milton's Paradise Lost that there is with Italian and Dante's Inferno. And I know uh, Mr. Bull and I discussed Dante's Inferno at length, ad nauseum, really. And uh, I think he's aware of the fact that, that Italian, as it exists, sort of as a spoken language and a written language, sorry, um, is all tied up in, in you know, the works of Dante. So... Anyway, this is sort of tracing the uh, the English language back through time. It's interesting. Isn't it right? a, a lot like uh, Shakespeare? You know, invented a lot of the words too. I remember that from you know I haven't taught English, but I, I you know and I took AP English. I took English in college, and it was one of those things. If you were writing the paper and you couldn't think about where things were come from, you can always guess it's either from Shakespeare or it's from the Bible. And Milton's probably another one, but that's probably you know no pun intended a lost book to a lot of people now yeah i don't know if in the book they or sorry in the movie if they mentioned the impact of the uh shakespeare as much as they kind of centered on on uh on milton or the bible that there wasn't there a little bit of controversy or, or conflict surrounding the use of the uh saint james bible right i think that the king was james. the king not saint james it's a different guy altogether. <laughs> I don't think St. James wrote part. <laughs> so it was a different guy altogether. Um, no, the, the, I think that that was one of the many multitude conflicts in the in the movie was uh, was the that concept surrounding uh, the usage in the Bible or whether or not the King James version of the Bible is the correct version of the Bible or the correct version you know of English or whatever. So right. Well, because I know, like, you know, the Catholic Bible is different from that. And that's what I, you know, grew up reading and referencing. And, you know, it's one of the things in college where you have to do, the, like, even the Ten Commandments are in a different order from from the Catholic version to the, you know, Protestant version of the King James Version. So it's one that you had to relearn it when I took it in college. So I was wondering, Mr. Bull, you kind of tipped your hand, I thought, a little bit as your enjoyment of the movie. But I was wondering... Tony sort of was leaning a little bit towards saying that you kind of like the movie, but I'm not sure really where each of you stand. You're kind of cagey, so to speak. I think Tony should go first then. <laughs> All right. So, well, that's fine. Um, well, this is one again, uh, you know, uh, uh, Bull suggested this one, and it's one that's like, oh, Mel Gibson. I like Mel Gibson a lot. Um, you know, pre, you know, kind of meltdown. Uh, you know, you're talking about like the Patriot lethal weapon. So I thought this would be kind of an interesting, you know, take for him kind of along the lines of like a Hamlet, but, uh, it's, it, it, this book, this movie, we, we talk about this a lot with who to recommend it for. It's like, I, I don't know who to, 
I could recommend this too. If you like, you know, Mary Queen of Scots, and like I always think of somebody like my dad, who's a big history guy, he probably would. Um, I liked it, uh, but I would not watch it probably again unless I was watching it with somebody else who was interested in it. Um, this is one of those ones I was, you know, getting down to watch it, and my uh, my wife's like, "Oh, what are you going to watch?" I was like, "Oh, I was going to watch this movie with Mel Gibson and Sean Penn." And she kind of peeks up, and I said, it's about the writing of the dictionary. And she goes, okay, I'll just watch Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> I'll pass. And uh, the other one I said, it's got a, you know, I like looking at IMDb. And this has it rated at like a 7.4 out of 10, which I think is very high. I don't know if that's like Mel and his kids rated it that high. Yeah, IMDb uh, and um, the Rotten Tomatoes score are very different. Rotten Tomatoes yeah. has it at like 43% or something. Right, so I'd lean more. I, I would say thumbs in the middle, slightly leaning <laughs> up, which is like you know in the fifty, maybe fifty-two percent, like high. You know, thumbs in the middle. Interesting. Leaning up though, but like yeah, not down, but not not high either. Um. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed this. I wish I was better at recommending movies for people to go watch. <laughs> uh, I started watching this movie on my computer, uh, streaming it. And I was tempted to move over to my new projector and watch this at 100 inches. And I got about five minutes into the movie and thought, nah, this is fine to just have on one of my two computer screens. And well, I'm doing something else. <laughs> pretty much. I can play some Minesweeper as I uh, <laughs> watch this film. Uh I are it you claim, just, meaning to say you didn't give it your complete undivided attention? <laughs> That's why he missed all the subtleties. Yeah. Uh, no, I gave it more than enough uh, attention. If you like Inception, you'll like this movie. No, it just didn't work for me. And I, I guess I, I was never able to understand where we were in time. The movie seemed to jump around so much. Uh, you know, years would pass, I guess, between scenes. The other thing that really bothered me was Sean Penn ages throughout this whole film. Uh, but Mel Gibson doesn't. No yeah. one else in the film does. Don't you so, think, though? Okay, sorry, I don't mean. But to uh, but I was I was genuinely confused when Sean Penn would appear to be ten years older all of a sudden, and then we would go back to a Mel Gibson scene, and he's the same age. He doesn't look like he's changed at all. So I'm oh, like, see, I got, what's going on here? I saw that as like. Sean Penn's like the meth head when you look at him like five years apart and what the damage does to him. Yeah, that's how I kind of saw it as a function of his treatment in the because there's a part where he gets his head shaved and all that stuff too, and obviously he looks very much like uh like um Ben Kingsley in Iron Man three like. Yeah, I know. I got taken off every time I was watching. I was thinking. You know, is that Sean Penn? Then I see like, is that Rasputin? Is that you know, is that Ben Kingsley? It's like, it, it, you know, the beard game is really strong with this movie. <laughs> oh yeah, it'll definitely. If we do a, we used to do the Laffies on the old Laugh podcast. Yeah, like best beard. We have to do the cities or or whatever. This is definitely up for best facial hair. On, you call on the cities. Yeah, on the cities. That's taken. <laughs> call it the cities at the end of the year. Our end of the like year. Las awards. Vegas has the cities award. <laughs> I was wondering. <laughs> I don't know if this is the most compelling question in terms of plot or acting or anything having to do with the craft of movie making, but I was wondering if Sean Penn actually shaved his head. Oh yeah, he definitely did. Well, I know he's I think... pretty method on stuff, but when you get older, it's hard to grow that stuff back, man. 
So your hair is pretty easy, like your head, like eyebrows. You're taking your chances. Oh, not to, you, you. You're saying that as a young man with a thick, full, luscious head of hair. Oh my my, it's definitely receding. That's why I leave my hair long because it is receding. All right, well don't don't do a Sean pin and, and uh, shave it. I'm just <laughs> it's no. just some yeah, I'm simple going advice. For the <laughs> yeah, he, I want the, his skull was I want so the, bumpy. It was definitely shaved. All right, yeah. I'm going to give this a more positive review than the two of yous. You're just going be, over the top of Tony. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm. I think I'm going to go this up. This is mark the date and the time that somebody likes a movie more than I did. <laughs> well, especially Lusk likes a movie more than yeah, I. Yeah, that, that's that's the more interesting <laughs> part, thought of all of this. But uh, no, because I, I I could see where they were going. It's and I I kind of think that they got there. The problem with it is. Um, I don't. I don't think it's a complete vision. So I think it's a really good, a really good rough draft of a of a decent essay. And um, I don't know. Maybe it's because I've just got just finished uh, my AP English classes, where we're supposed to give credit to students to the things that they do well. And I think I'm willing to give a lot of credit to the acting performances in this, um, and the compelling <laughs> characters. And overlook some of the weird production values and the um, and the plot contrivances. The things that really annoyed me were the contrivances, which we can get into later if we if we kind of want to spoil it any. But in terms of just putting together, a, you know, pretty two pretty solid acting performances and uh, the interactions between Sean Penn and and uh, and Mel Gibson as James Murray and and. Dr. Minor, I thought that those were the best parts of the movie, and I think that makes it sort of worth it. You thought Sean Penn's acting was good in this? Yeah. I thought he committed to his role as a, as being typecast as a prisoner <laughs> and uh, a convict, <laughs> and uh, I thought that it was, yeah, I, to me, I, I thought that he embodied the role of that character. I mean, he was a little over the top, a little Nick Cagey. A little but, over the top? The, William mean, Shatner it, gives more nuanced performances. <laughs> yeah, but Bolt, it's the professor and the madman. It's not the professor and the gentleman. Yeah, but the madman stuff, it, it was it, it would be over the top and they would cut to a new shot and it was super subdued. It was like they told him to do each take five or six times in a different style and then we'll just go into the editing room and figure it out. Well, that, that, that's what I saw, and that just really grated on me. I don't disagree. That's that's the rough draft part of it, and that's where <laughs> Mel Gibson claims it, and uh, the director Serafini, what's his name, Serafini. I don't know. He's his writing partner Saf- from Apocalypto. Yeah, Farhad Safinia. Safinia. He's they both sued, I think, not to have this thing released. So they they didn't even want people. They like it even less than you and Tony. Well, so and it's and, it and it's Mel's uh, production. It was Gibson's production company. So that's kind of interesting. Yeah, they had, he had to, like the, he, he lost the rights. The final cut. So well, they brought in a new director and a new screenwriter, which makes it weird. Like, okay, new screenwriter writes some new scenes, but you're missing one of your two stars. Well, no, they didn't. It wasn't a new director. It was, just, it was the same director. He just took his name off it. And they, I thought they, they still had student. some footage to get. Um, they mostly did, it was the, stuff with Sean Penn. Oh, I don't know. Maybe it's like a second unit director. I don't think he gets first billing, though. 
I mean, I, I don't see it. the guy that's listed as first build mm-hmm. director. That's a, a pseudonym. Yeah, it's a pseudonym. Yeah, yeah, but I thought they brought in something kind of like uh, they did on uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. Okay. Yeah. When, see, when the director went AWOL and they had to fire him, they brought someone in to just finish the picture off. Uh, from what I read, this movie was in the can and the producers, the, the people, the investors that were behind it just wanted to get it out and try to recoup some of their losses. So they okay. didn't care that... Uh, was there, sorry. Wasn't there something too about trying to film in Oxford? Like they got some permission, but then some rejection too? Yeah, yeah. they didn't want to spend the extra money to film there. It was cheaper to film the movie in Ireland. Yeah. So... Did you uh, notice, it's always with this stuff, like uh, uh, Mel Gibson's accent come and go a little bit? A little bit? <laughs> Once <laughs> again, know, you, you guys know, are saying you that you guys have said the acting performances were good, or at least Lust did. Gibson was all over the place here. All right. With, I, with I the disagree. accent? You told me you had to turn on subtitles to understand what he was saying. That huh. does it's a he's he's playing a Scottish character. I would have to turn on so I have to watch Game of Thrones with subtitles. That, that that's a good point. That doesn't uh that doesn't mean that yeah. it's bad acting. That was Downton Abbey was that for me. When they start going really fast with each other. Yeah, it's and plus they were using a lot of a lot of words. words. Yeah. Like there was a back and, and forth between the two characters where they're, you know, because it's a movie about words that right. they were using words. I had no idea what they were. I had to write them down. There was a, yeah. I think they said, we'll start with aardvark and we'll end in Simmergy. And it's like, Simmergy? What is that? Right. <laughs> and the good old ZY word. Uh, this is a movie to watch for uh, when you're going to play some Scrabble or words with friends. Oh, uh, you know, our friend Pete, it was a Latin teacher retired a few years ago. Would love this movie. I think between it, concerts. Yeah, between going to to uh, random concerts with seventeen uh, year olds and raves and whatnot, <laughs> he would he would watch this movie and love it. <laughs> uh, maybe I, 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 maybe I am apparently no judge of this film. Well, that's what it is. You know, this one of those ones I think, uh, like Lusk has brought it up a few times with reading the book, is that I wonder if reading the book, if like if the book sounds like it probably could be more compelling than the movie, where it'd be one, like if you, I think if you read the book, it's like, it's a good book, but how could you make this into a movie? Okay. Like, be... let, let me ask you this, Tony. And I'm pretty sure Lusk already knows the answer since he read the book. From the time Murray gets hired to start working on the dictionary to the final scene with the madman. With Sean Penn's character. Yeah. Not to spoil it. <laughs> that everybody's dead at this point. How many years do you think that is? What What was the time period? I I thought it was seven years from the conception or inception of uh, Mel Gibson's idea. I thought it was seven years to get to the book. 32 to, to, years. 32 years. Okay. So this, this is the problem the film has. It's covering too long of a scope of time and it's covering it like it's a couple years. What they needed to do, in my opinion, was make this more like a movie like Mr. Holland's Opus, where we drop in like once a decade to just see what's going on. Or like a boyhood. Yeah, something like that. Well, you don't have to film this in real time, though, because I don't know if these guys could make it another 32 years. <laughs> well, apparently they worked on this movie for about the seven or eight year period that you mentioned. So maybe they do a yeah, better but... job of it than uh, what you think. But if it's like, oh, we're working on Section A, and then 
you know, in the next scene, we've jumped ahead five years. Hey, we're on to seas. Can't wait to write that definition for cabin and canoe. Well, I think they mentioned that too at one point. Like, uh, Mel Gibson's character only gets up to the he gets up to the T's, I think. Yes, he did uh, T's. Yeah. yeah, I think that's in the crawl at the end. I guess we're fully yeah. into spoilers now. Or do, do you even put a, a stinger in for spoilers? Or I, I, I haven't. I mean, do we need a spoiler? Do we need to say that there's spoilers <laughs> about whether or not these guys successfully wrote a dictionary? <laughs> well, there are Yeah, some it's there. like spoiling glory, <laughs> like how the Civil War ends. There are some plot elements that we should probably... You know, if if you're going to watch this movie based on my recommendation and uh, Tony's tepid recommendation, and in spite of whatever whatever Mister Bull thinks, then maybe you should stop listening now because we're about to spoil some plot things. I think. If I keep this up, I'm going to lose my English teacher card. <laughs> yeah, that that should have already happened anyway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. With that being said, I guess. What about the stuff with uh, Natalie Dormer? Was any of that <laughs> interesting? Or is that the wife? Right. Because, well, she plays the young uh, uh, mother with multiple children. That gets uh, of uh, the wife oh, of the, the widow. Person, that, the uh, widow. The, that's the, the, yeah. Why he's why he's the bad, why he's the uh, madman. Right. Why what why Sean Head got committed? Yeah, for the yeah. murder of Natalie Dorman's husband. Right, and the idea was he thought it was somebody else that was, like, following him. Yeah, yeah, he sees visions of uh, the Civil War soldier that he had to brand a deserter. Yeah. Which is a contrivance, which is a, one of the worst things of the movie, is the way that they have to come up with different, different methods. So, sorry, people, that's my dog. Different methods of uh, producing conflict. And, and those things either did or didn't exist in some form or another, but they really step it up for the movie. They really make it seem like uh, there's this relationship that probably didn't exist. And I, I don't think it, I mean, existed to, to some extent historically, but I don't think that it really existed in the way that, uh, that the movie puts it together. Well, I don't think it's until, the, again, to the crawl at the end where they do explain a lot of things where, you know, I think you're kind of led to believe Sean Penn's character has PTSD from the war, uh, as a lot of, you know, surgeons would have had it, you know, which, you know, the amputations and just the stuff you have to do so quickly, like you said, the branding. Uh, but then at the end, you actually, you know, that tells him that he had, he was diagnosed, I don't know if he, while he was still alive or when, after he was dead from the symptoms of, uh, having, um, paranoid schizophrenia, which, you know, when you, again, when you watch it back, it's like, oh, so he is seeing people, he's afraid. Because there's that part, and I don't know if they go into too much detail in the movie. I mean, they show him like walking through the hallways, bleeding, because he had, you know, taken a knife to himself. Yeah, yeah. It, I, it was one of those when I read about him. I thought I read that part and think, oh, that's what that scene was. Assistment. That's yeah, I uh, read about that before I saw the scene in the movie, and I thought, well, that'll never make the film. Yeah, but they found a way to tastefully do it. Yes. Which again, I you, guess you, is you, a th- positive that watch, I can say about the film. When I'm watching it, you would think you could easily see that he's like a mental patient who cut himself, you know. And so when, again, when you read about it, it's like, oh, that's what he's doing when he's cut himself. He's cutting in a very specific area. It, is it cutting so much as chopping or slicing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cut just doesn't seem to fully um, encapsulate the action. 
since we're or talking about a, a, a yeah, film about words. I don't know if cut's the right word. It's a prequel to uh, the Lorena Bobbitt story. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I, yeah, that, duh, duh. I, uh... <laughs> well, and, I and, and then it's, it's like, like he's yeah. made all this progress. He has one little setback. He cuts just one little bit off, and all of a sudden he can't have his books anymore. <laughs> that, that's what I didn't understand. The The healthcare profession needs a serious overhaul for, in the 19th century. <laughs> what did you see at the uh, where Sean Penn ended up? I keep calling by their actors' names, but Sean Penn at the very end, he's treated at St. Elizabeth's up in D.C., um, which is where uh, John Hinckley was, uh, you know, the guy who shot Reagan uh, before being left. He can he, Hinckley is now let free so he can go visit his mother near Bush Gardens. Yeah, he, he uh, lives right up the street guys from ne- us. neck of the woods. Yeah, he goes to Bush um, Gardens on a daily basis, that guy. Yeah, did you see the thing a couple of weeks ago where we talked about you can't make friends? It's like, well, you, you did shoot the president. So. <laughs> yeah, I feel bad for him. Yeah, like, <laughs> but it was, it was you know, St. Louis was the same place too where uh, the guy who tried to shoot uh, Jackson uh, ended up there. The guy who did shoot and kill Garfield was there. And, you know, a couple other people, you know, it's, it's St. Elizabeth's because it's in D.C. is like the people for people who try to kill celebrities or politicians. Or um, cut their own genitalia off. Yeah. Apparently, this is a place that you do not want to be. Is that what you're telling no. me? No. <laughs> well, and it's funny because I, I, I used to teach AP psychology uh, up near D.C. And, you know, I would talk about mental institutions and stuff. And, and my students would always ask to say, oh, can we go visit there on a field trip? And I would say, well, you know, these, this is a hospital. These guys, it's not a zoo. These guys aren't here to be looked at and observed. <laughs> uh, well, these guys are here because they need help. That was a weird part of the movie, I, I thought, and probably something that didn't happen was when uh, she brought her children, family. yeah, to go to go see him, and then what? It's uh, her daughter spits in his face or something. Uh, yeah, it, that's one of the contrivance, one of the many many plot contrivances that drag the movie down a little bit. Well, a lot, yeah. actually. But uh, this is a question I had that I wanted to bring up. I think we've talked a little bit about it in the past, uh, Mr. Bull, but um, Tony used the word compelling as as far as this story goes. Uh, it's a compelling story. He would, You would argue, I think, that it's not as such entertaining. And then I'm wondering how many movies fit into the realm of being both compelling and entertaining. It's almost like um, it's almost as if they're they're uh, opposite things. Yeah, you kind of you have to have one without the other. You can't have one and the other, I should say. Yeah, I, I kind of get what you're saying. In that we're dealing with something that's very technical, and that can be difficult to bring to the screen and explain well to the audience. Uh, there are movies that have done that well. Uh, Apollo thirteen explains the science of spaceships and what they needed to do to engineer these astronauts way back to earth uh the martians yeah the martians the same way and even a movie like the social network which talks about facebook's rise and that has a lot of scenes of programming and trying to explain what's going on i think those movies do those things successfully this film i think failed to really it explained to me in any sort of compelling way that i wanted to follow how hard it was to put together these definitions and etymologies for words. It also failed to uh, show me the true scale of 
this project. Uh, in doing research, apparently they were receiving a thousand pieces of mail a day with um, people from all around Britain and America writing in with definitions and you know places they found these words being used. It seemed a whole lot smaller, and maybe that's just a production budget problem that they couldn't fully encapsulate um, the size of this project. But it, it just it never I, felt real to me. They just they did kind of show try to show that I think when they ha- he I figured it's a shed or he digs the hole so he could have like his own little hut, and it's a, it's just papered with walls like in a, a beautiful mind where he's just got books and books and books and pages taped around it. But when you're, when you're talking about like thousands of things a day or a week. That the, there's there's no way they can show that in that movie. They, the the way the, the what they had in the movie doesn't show that they're getting thousands of it. It really looks like it's Mel, his like friend or assistant, and Sean Penn. Yeah, it, it, but it's kind of like look, they have a piece of paper in their hand and they're leaning over a book. They're doing work. It's kind of like oh, when scientists have to do science, let's get out a chalkboard, right? You know, or, or now it's you know a whiteboard. They're doing real science and, you know, just write a bunch of numbers and formulas up on the board and we know real work's being done. It it seems like a a cheat, a a shortcut that just doesn't fully visually tell the story. I mean, is it a shortcut or is it a motif that you have to rely on? A motif makes it seem like it's accepted and effective. (laughs) Well, I mean, it can be. It might not have been that way for you in this movie, but how else are you going to make a movie about words set in this time period interesting beyond what they tried to do? I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. There's movies like Aquila and the Bee, you know, the spelling bee movie, where she, she, she sees the words like float out of her head and she sees them form up and... Visually, yeah, but that, that wouldn't have made sense in this movie because of when it's set. You know, maybe maybe not exactly that way, but there are ways to visually tell a story about words. Is what I'm saying. Other movies have done this, and I feel like they've done it more successfully. Okay, fair enough. Now, so if if we were like going to be doing be doing this as a project. Um, how would you guys go about doing it? Would you would we start with the words you know and go from there, or would you start from A and work your way up? <laughs> like like it's one of those things like because when they thought you know he only got up to the letter T before he died, like he didn't do like zoo like he didn't know that right away to just to say that he wanted to go A and then B and then C. <laughs> I, I, I'm just wondering I, like how would you do it? I, I have no idea how I would put together a dictionary. <laughs> Bull doesn't well, even it reminds me, uh, there's another podcast I listen to, and it's called uh, Clint Ranks All the Movies, and it's a guy named Clint, and he just watches movies, and he puts them in ranks of what his favorite is to his least favorite, and uh, so he currently has 912 movies listed on there, and he updates it like once a week, and uh, first place is Die Hard, and last place is Suicide Squad, and so you really get a cross-section of movies in there. I wonder where this would rank. Well, so and then for, so the dead center one is the darkest hour, which is kind of interesting. That's right around this uh, sort of historical drama. The well, darkest hour is funny. much better than this, though. Oh, I'd agree, and it's funny because at the very end, the guy who pardons Sean Penn's character is Winston Churchill, who looks nothing like Churchill. No, but I mean, I don't know how. This is what nineteen twelve, I think, is what the end of it. Yeah. Or so, 
So well, it's probably about 20 years, so maybe 25 years. That's probably, anyway, so this could be a prequel to uh, Darkest Hour. Well, that was, that's one of my problems with the film is that did happen. Churchill did do that, but Murray didn't practically accost him with some weird speech about the rights of men, you know, right before that happened. So the, the movie plays around a little bit fast and loose with, um, with events to make it self-compelling. And I don't know if it pulled that part of it off, but for the acting performances, I say, yay. <laughs> That's fine. I'm looking forward to seeing the sequel, the professor and the madman Two, the true story of WikiLeaks. <laughs> Ooh, with a guest appearance by, uh, the Baywatch girl. What was her name? Pamela Anderson. Yeah, Pamela Sue Anderson. There you go. Is it Pamela yeah. Sue Anderson? Yeah. Pamela Sue was when she was on like uh, Home Improvement and stuff. Yeah, there you go. And then Pamela Anderson Lee. She Pamela would she have made this movie better? Yes. <laughs> Be like Bard Wire. Absolutely. Right. Even even as crazy and nutty as she is, you you would she would have been one of the one of the uh, um, pa- patients in the uh, Broadmoor Institute. I would have lost my mind if halfway through this movie, all of a sudden, Pamela Anderson shows up. Like <laughs> Carmen Electra or somebody. So, yeah. uh, does Mel Gibson, is is this part of the Mel Gibson's resurgence? Where does it stand uh, compared to dra- Dragged Across Concrete okay. for you? I, I like Dragged Across Concrete better than this. Mr. Bull? Uh, yeah, Dragged Across Concrete is higher. The Beaver... Um, there was some biker movie we reviewed early on. Oh, uh, get the get the gringo or something? No, I think you're thinking about uh, the proud father or the godfather oh, proud father. or something. Yeah, uh, blood father. Blood or father. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, I even like that better than this. Hmm. So, is right. this going to get you excited to see Mel Gibson play Santa Claus and Fat Man? <laughs> yeah, I'm already excited to see that. I don't need to. Don't a need movie that's all that's already has people boycotting it because of Mel Gibson. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think Seth Rogen's come out against it, but I don't know why he would see a Santa Claus movie anyway. He's Jewish. Well, wait a minute. So yeah, exactly. Shouldn't a Jew hater be the one that plays Santa Claus? Yeah, if Mel Gibson was going to play like Schindler's List two or something, like yeah. I would, I can have a complaint with that. that I hope sense. Mel Gibson makes his career resurgence so that he'll finally be able to do the film version of Hogan's Heroes. <laughs> Is he going to play Hogan? Is he going to play Clink or? Hopefully they let him play all of the parts. It'll be like Eddie Murphy and the Nutty <laughs> Professor. <laughs> like Austin Powers. Yeah. That, that's what I want to see Mel Gibson go do next. He's just sitting around the table with himself. He is a national treasure. I won't say which nation's treasure he is. <laughs> oh, do, what nationality do you think he is? If you had he's to guess. A, wait, wait, wait. I know where he's from. All right, from. so if you know, Bull? Uh, I thought he's originally from America. And then moved to Australia in his childhood. Yeah, he's from uh, upstate New York and uh, peak skills. Yeah, I thought his dad went on Jeopardy, won a bunch of money, and then moved the family to Australia. Yeah, to avoid the draft, I think, or like because the kids were younger, so they didn't want him drafted in Vietnam or something. Was kind of what I've heard. I think he has dual citizenship because his father is uh, Irish. I think his father and his mother are both Irish citizens. Yeah, I think you can. I think Ireland does allow that because I know my 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 both my grandparents, my mom's side of the family, both of them were 100% Irish, and uh, you, you can claim dual citizenship uh, with that. What about we Sh- haven't? But what about Sean Penn? Sean Penn, 
Is he from California? I thought. Yeah, I thought so he's he... from like the Beverly Hills High School, like uh, Nicholas Cage and all this, uh, like Tori Spelling and them. Not, not they're not the same age necessarily. Didn't he renounce his citizenship? Um, is he no, I don't think so. Or am no, I making I this up again? Yeah, no, I don't think he did. I don't think. But I mean, Tina Turner did that. She's a French now. He might have said that, but he's still living in America, as far as I know. Um, but he's Russian. Gaddafi. No, his his dad's Russian. His dad was actually blacklisted. Um, he was a Hollywood uh, actor, and he was on the McCarthy's blacklist. Oh, what I, you know, I talked about him looking like Rasputin. So that, that makes sense then. If he's oh, yeah. with the beard and gray hair, he looks like he's an old Russian guy. It all ties in together, man. How many movies do you think he's been in uh, where he's played a, a prisoner or a convict? Oh, he's, he's, he did the one with De Niro, We're No Angels. Mm-hmm. Um, Dead Man Walking. Yeah. Dead Man Walking. Uh, Mystic River, he's a bad guy, but I don't know if that counts because he's not arrested, I, is he? I he's think a he's former an ex-con. prisoner, I thought, yeah. yeah. Yeah, ex-con. Yeah. I'll say 17. Is Mauricio's body? What's that? 17. No, I, I have no idea. They didn't count him up. I, I just oh. don't have the list. That <laughs> I, I think he was in we were playing Lust <laughs> Trivia. The, I mean, I we have... Can verify, we, we, know, we can verify three, at least, that he's played. All right, we'll put the over-under at 17. What do you think, Mr. Uh, C? I will go with... Um, I'll say 10. All right, I counted up eight. And you guys missed the big one, Bad Boys. Oh, I, I don't. I didn't remember that. It's been a long time since I've seen Bad Boys. I didn't even realize he was in Bad Boys. His breakout performance, not Bad Boys Bad, with uh, uh, with Will, Will Smith. Smith. Oh. No, okay. Well, I said I wouldn't recognize that either, so I didn't see that uh, Bad Boys either. The, that, the one from the eighties with Christopher Walken. Uh, no, that's at close range, and uh, I, I I think he was a convict in that. In the Falcon and the Snowman, he becomes a prisoner. Uh, he also plays Willie Stark in All the King's Men. And oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That he's a criminal. I'm not sure if he's actually ever arrested. No, he gets killed before he gets to go anywhere. He was in Gangster Squad as a as an ex con. Looks like and, 21 um, grams. That sounds like one. He played the character. I'm not sure what his name is in real life, but he attempted an assassination on Richard Nixon, and he became the main character in. Taxi Driver, Travis Bickle and Taxi Driver. Oh, okay, I see. So they they sort of modified his story to to fit that that uh, to fit up with that movie. So I counted a, yeah, counted eight or nine or ten, but well, then again, certainly less than seven. Like, is he a bad guy? Like Gangster Squad, he's Mickey Cohen. I'm just looking at these. Like he said, like all the King's Men, he's never convicted, but he's definitely on that trail. Like. There's a reason why he got assassinated. So he's typecast as a prisoner or an insane person. Well, it could have gone the other way. He could have been typecasted as Spicoli, but he hasn't really played a role of Spicoli since Fast Times at Ridgemont High. This is true, except when he was playing himself. And true. And Shanghai Nights, I think he was pretty crazy. <laughs> I don't think he was a surfer, though. What um, He was on Friends, too, for one episode. He plays a, a boyfriend of Phoebe and a... Phoebe's twin sister. He, he, he's like an elementary school teacher or something. Of uh, the two performances, which do you think is better? Uh, from Friends or... Mel no, Gibson? no, sorry. In this oh. movie. The movie that we're <laughs> currently reviewing. Oh, jeez. That's a Sophie's well, Mel, choice. Mel is showing some scenery. I only get to send one off with the Nazis? Yeah. I want to send them both. Okay. The, I think uh, there was a tie. They were probably both awesome. Mel Gibson's is better, but... Okay. Pen was just yeah, sure. way all over the place. 
And he, I mean, because he love is he, he's kind of the brooding type character where he didn't have to talk a lot. Like there's a scene where I forget now if he gets like does he get a little, when he gets his head shaved is it like a lobotomy or electroshock and he's like and they're inducing his vomit. It's like good lord, do we have to spend so much time on this scene? Oh yeah, they did <laughs> went really crazy into that one. <laughs> Whoo, lots of lots like, of that vomit. was worse than him him castrating himself. I don't know. I think the vomiting was worse. Because they actually That's what I'm saying. That, like, yeah. I think the vomiting was worse than that because it left something up. Whew. All right. And, and, uh, let's see here. What else I got? Oh, Sean Penn's character made it to uh, Vyer in the dictionary, which is V-Y-W-E-R. So. Oh. None of, none of these guys got to see how the dictionary ended. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> the, probably not the worst thing that happened to them in their lives. That's a shame. <laughs> oh, well. Well, well and the, 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 I like the other code at the end. It goes, the dictionary was first finished 70 years after it was conceived. And uh, I was wondering how many words get added each year. That's kind of interesting. Because it looks, averaging them out in 70 years, you get 5,900 words a year. So I was wondering how many words get added each year now. Because they do announce them. When new words like blog, I remember coming in. Doe from The Simpsons that Homer yells got added in years ago. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's that many. It's not. I don't think it's five thousand words. But no, no, no. Like I think from when they got it originally. But you know, so since then, huh. it's been really. It's it's probably it's usually like two or three words. It seems like they sound they add in. Speaking of a lot of words, I think Mr. Bull thinks that we spent too many words on this movie, and he wants to talk about. I'm guessing the box office challenge. Well, I don't really want to talk about it since someone's winning that's not me. <laughs> Wait, uh, winning or obliterating his competition? Whoa, whoa, whoa. We're only a week into this. Uh, Tony and I, I are tied for second place with 10 points apiece. And yeah. somehow, Lusk, you are winning this with 30 big points. Congratulations, so, sir. What, man, you came... So that means you came in last this week, Bull, because I had zero the first time. Yes. Th- thank you, Tony. Uh, in the the double points week that was the first week of the season i came in dead last (laughs) so you got double zero is what you're trying to say yes i rolled two gutter balls this weekend fair enough and then Um, what and what so what was what was last week's movie and then what's this coming week's movie uh we're doing john wick for the bots office challenge this well, week. This last okay. week it was Detective Pikachu. Pikachu. And uh, I think the numbers. Did any of you guys contribute to your victory or loss? I did not. Mr. I Bull? did not either. I, I didn't get around to it this week. You guys were I, supposed to, but it made, it made a difference. I, I did not. I may have to wait to watch John Wick because I have the lower end of the spectrum. And I don't want to be the one who puts this over the top and makes this a win for <laughs> Lusk again. So I may have to wait till middle of the week to go watch this. Have we decided what what will happen with the eventual winners and and or losers? Like there can only be one winner. What 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 does he get as a result of his winning? Bragging rights. That's it. I think we got to come know. up with more. Uh, we got to come up with something more interesting than that. We have the whole summer to figure it out, though, right? We do. My have... favorite was the year I suggested that Bull has to pronounce words. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and to read words out loud. I had to come up with a list of words to, that Bull has to pronounce, or, or a list of words that he has to find the original meanings of. Yeah, that's, we have First to go usage. through the dictionary. Yeah, you, you guys are making me lose my teacher license here for English. You're, you're making <laughs> me talk bad about the dictionary, and you're letting the world know that there are many words I'm unable to pronunciate right. I, I can't pronounce a lot of the words either. I just 
I was never on a podcast before. <laughs> um, that's pronunciate. <laughs> it's like conversate <laughs> or vandalize. Vandalizers. Well, oh, all right. Well. All right. Uh, since I suggested this movie, does anyone want to suggest what we should do for our next show? Um, oh, isn't a there's a on Netflix there's the new um, Black Mirror coming out. I've always been a fan of those episodes. I'm I'm down with that. It could be. It, uh, I'm hoping that it's not wonderful, so that I can slam it like Bull did my movie. Yeah, you know, Lux doesn't like movies that he actually likes. Yeah, <laughs> he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to review movies very he true. likes. <laughs> I can get behind Black Mirror. We did the previous season on the show, so yeah, I could get behind it. This one's got uh, Miley Cyrus um, and uh, the Falcon from Avenger. So they're doing some stunt casting these last couple of seasons. So it looks like that's going to be in a couple of weeks because it drops what date? Uh, June fourth. Uh, Excellent. I believe I'm looking it up right now. So, June 5th, I'm sorry. All right, yeah. so we're going to have to take some time off. Everyone will enjoy the Memorial Day weekend, but then uh, the show will be back with a new episode. It'll be interesting to see how far ahead I am on the box office challenge <laughs> when that rolls around. Oh, oh bit talk, <laughs> bit talk. Yeah. All right. Well, since we've got a, it'll be a couple of weeks, what's, uh, so John Wick, what are the next couple of weeks' movies uh, for the box office challenge so we can encourage or discourage people from going? Uh, after John Wick is Memorial Day weekend, and we're doing the four-day total for Aladdin. Ah, uh, yes. And the controversial Aladdin pick. Yeah, and then I, uh, it's Godzilla after that for May thirty-first. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. So the movie theater near me is showing Mothra on Saturday in anticipation of Godzilla. Oh wow, that actually sounds like fun. That's the one that but, where they have like twin uh midget or not midget but like little <laughs> little fairy girls or something that like bring him to life and control him didn't that mothra I, I, that might be i actually don't know Tony yeah they're will like be able to answer that question after this saturday yeah they, I, I will not be I think, no i'm busy that saturday i'm gonna go meet uh jim Cornette and the midnight express so i think these two the the two uh girls that that bring mothra to life are actually fit in the palm of the hand of one of the main characters in the movie and it's not godzilla's hand so but this is the uh, 1961 uh, version. Oh, so I was gonna say just make sure you don't go see the wrong one. All right. So uh, are you uh, going to So I assume that the uh, web uh, web page or whatever will be updated with all this information. <laughs> yes, I, I plan to work on it this weekend. Don't right. worry, Lusk. You will get your moment in the sun before the clouds come out. And, and people takes over for the win. If people want to uh, contact us, they go to, to different places, or does that not matter now? Because we already have a we have a stinger in the oh, show. Oh, oh, yeah! Don't you worry. We got Mr. John Anderson, the best voice in the biz. He's going to let oh, everyone yeah. know uh, what they should do if they want to comment on the show as soon as the music starts playing. Which, now that I'm thinking, as I'm cutting this together. Uh, the music's probably been playing for about 30 seconds. <laughs> Sweet. That's so I guess great. it's time to say Pox at Bone, everybody. There be dragons. Memento Mori. What did you think of today's show? Did the guys get it right? 
Or are you wondering what movie they watched? Send in your review by tweeting at CSD Podcast, emailing cinemasitdown at gmail.com, or messaging us on facebook.com backslash cinemasitdown. Cinema Sit Down is a Flying Bull production.